What's up, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Bumper Stecker Fake. My name is Lewis Dude. They got my brother Sam in the house. We got an extra, extra, extra special guest today. <laughs> but before we get into our guest, you said something about a peanut butter pie. Uh, that's true. Peanut butter pie. I made it for Easter. Uh, uh, peanut butter uh, like a whole brick of cream cheese is in that thing wow. some whipped cream some powdered sugar mm. super simple whip that baby up put it on whatever kind of crust you like we chose graham cracker in this case because okay. i was feeling lazy huh <laughs> and uh wow that was good huh yeah drizzled some chocolate on top oh and the best part well maybe not the best part got the reese's peanut butter cups mm-hmm. like mashed them up crunched them up diced them up sprinkled them all over the top Man. we we did like four peanut butter cups and my son was like we need four more you asked me that recipe man and so we did i thought i was eating peanut butter pie all the time when i just took piece two pieces of bread and put some peanut butter in it and cut it like in half you know i thought but hey i guess there's some great out there but enough about peanut butter pie tell us about our guest today's guest is annie aiello wow hey, welcome 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 <laughs> Well, true confessions, I ate a peanut butter and jelly ice cream scoop the other day. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of peanut butter, Sam. <laughs> nice, nice. That's good. So speaking of things we worship. Well, creamy no, no, or no, no, chunky, no. real quick. We got to settle this. Creamy or chunky? You know, I grew up on crunchy. Oh, okay. Like almost exclusively and, and didn't even see the point in creamy. Uh-huh. But in my elder years, <laughs> the peanuts hurt my teeth. You got some nice teeth. So you still crunch. I'm a crunchy so guy. So it's creamy now. But I'm the opposite. Grew up creamy. Now I'm all about the crunch. Huh. How about you, Andy? Same. Crunch. Okay, all right. How about that crunch, huh. baby? Skiffy, Jiffy. Whatever's on store sale. Store brand, whatever's Doesn't on matter. sale. Okay. What about yeah. that kind that's got like that oil across the top where Fresh you got to like the natural. Come I, on. I can't rock with that. Ain't enough sugar in there for me. That's good. Anyway, enough about <laughs> peanut butter. So today, on today's episode, we're going to talk about worship and uh, specifically integrity in worship. Mm. And mm. like my first thought was authenticity in worship, but mm. then I felt, no, that word's like thrown around there too much. And there's something about the word integrity that I want to explore a little more mm-hmm. uh, and as far as, um, yeah, wholeness and that. But um, but I thought to do that, we would have a real live worship leader here. <laughs> wow. And live and in person. Live and in person. So we have Anna Aiello here, who is a mother mm-hmm. and a singer. And from what I understand, you've opened for Jeremy Camp before. I have. Which yeah. is. That's my dude. Kind of fun. Got the guns. The guns. <laughs> I didn't notice that right Jeremy, away. <laughs> the guns came. It's not what I was I was paying attention yeah. to that day. I was there's quite a movie, nervous. right? Is yeah. there? Yes. Yeah. About his about his wife, I think. I'm gonna have yeah. to check that it's out. It's a good movie. I'm gonna check that yeah, out. Yeah, I forget what it's called. Mm. Probably Guns Out Guns. Out. Yeah, Guns Out <laughs> There you go. There you go. Shout <laughs> out to Jeremy Camp. You the man. <laughs> But anyways, you also uh, are a lead singer, or the, the lead singer of the Always Olivia Tribute, which mm-hmm. is an Olivia Newton-John <laughs> tribute band. It is, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic, it and you do a wonderful that. job. <laughs> Just started that uh, last last fall, actually. Did wow. that exist so. before you did it, or are you like the pioneer of it? Kind of the pioneer. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean that started. I've been a fan of hers since I've been a little girl, mm. and um, this will age me a little bit. But yeah, I mean I, I pre Greece, okay, so her, oh, wow. her country era, and anyway, I just knew all of her music, and um, you know, even though I'm a worship leader, of course mm-hmm. I appreciate you know normal streamlined mainline music, and uh, 
you know, had been working on some stuff over COVID and that was one of the things I was working on. And then she passed, unfortunately. Mm. And then because I just happened to have everything kind of ready to go. And then she passed away. And uh, so this tribute band just sort of took off. Mm. And so we've been performing locally, but we'll be around the country. Wow. Going around the country. Man, I just, it would have been dope. Like if, <laughs> like if this would have been like 10 years ago uh, yeah. or something. And then like y'all could have like maybe did something together on stage. I, I mean, know. that probably would have been like, whoa. Uh, had the chance to meet her twice and oh, okay. just a beautiful lady and, mm. and, you know, um, very authentic speaking of authenticity, mm. you know, just an authentic human being. And I think, you know, she's a person who, you know, I think we can learn from, from folks, whether they're believers or not, but I think, um, just a woman who really believed that music is, has, has healing to it. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, she sang from that place. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. I would agree with that. I mean, yeah. I, definitely there has been low points in my life. <clears throat> I can think of specifically where I was like so distraught <clears throat> that I just like, I put out this little bitty like paperback songbook. I was in prison. I was in my cell and mm-hmm. I just opened it up and just started singing mm-hmm. and crying. Yeah. And it just like something changed. Yeah. Like I felt freer. Mm-hmm. I felt at peace. So I definitely think that mu- there's something about music mm-hmm. and especially there's, singing to the Lord that I think sure. definitely can can do some healing for the soul. Absolutely. I mean, it's transcendent, you know, and I think to me, mm. the highest honor is to sing worship. It's mm. the highest honor. I love doing what I do. I'm, you know, God gave me a voice and so I use it. Mm, and I and, you know, I think whether it's a, a song about country music or it's it's a song about God. I mean, it's 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 a gift that God has given me. Mm. But, you know, my greatest honor is to do is, mm-hmm. is to sing Amen. for the Lord. Yeah. When I was in a very dark time, I like didn't even think about it, but instinctively started writing songs. I'm mm. not a musician. Mm. Like I'm not a singer either, mm. uh, yeah. which is very believable. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, just to get through the day, uh, yeah. the, these lyrics mm. would come in my head, these melodies would come in my head, mm. and I like I recorded them down and I have... Wow. Like, first time I've ever told anyone. I have a whole album, actually. What? Of like, mm. I don't know, 15 or so songs. We got to put some on the podcast. No, they're, they're terrible. <laughs> That's but, all right. We got to put them on the podcast. But it's real. Yeah. And it, and it, and it helped me to get through. Mm. And like, I didn't even realize I was doing it until after the fact, until mm. like years later, I was like, what, what was I, what was I doing? Mm. And, but there's something to that. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the very, I think it was the very first song I actually ever wrote, ever wrote. I was in my twenties and I, I'm not a musician. I don't even read music actually. And I, um, opened up the word, uh, God's word and I saw Psalm 139. And Mm. as I read it, you know, it's, you are there in the heights, you are there in the depths. Um, you know, whether, whether I make my bed in the depths or up high, you know, you are there. And, it read to me like a song. Mm-hmm. And so instantly I had a melody in my head mm. and I just started writing these words down and took it to a, a dear friend of mine who's a musician and we ended up writing a song. And, mm. you know, I haven't heard that song. I haven't pulled out that song mm. of my own mm. in a long time. It's on an album I wrote called Brighter Day. And just the other day I had my phone plugged into my Bluetooth in my in my car and out of the blue that song hit. Mm. And I just wow. stopped. I just stopped because it brought me back to that time and this is what music does, you know, brought me back to that time. And, and I think the word of God is just such 
I mean, it, it's, it's the best place to draw near to the Lord and, mm-hmm. and to be authentic and to have that real experience. And God's word speaks to us that way. And, and it hit me right between the eyes because I needed to hear mm-hmm. those exact words that mm-hmm. day. And that's how, that's how God works, you know? That's yeah, how it works. Praying the so, Lord. That's anyway. great. Wow. So you, you have, um, you're a producer too, it says. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, you wanted a little history. I mean, yeah. I, I, I grew up in a more traditional faith, um, big Italian Irish family and, you know, music and church for me was something that wasn't, uh, you know, it's interesting. My family, we were very musical outside of church. We, mm. we loved to dance. My dad was a huge jitterbugger. He taught us how to dance. <laughs> he, he, you know, I learned my rhythm from him and mm. I, you know, we won f- daddy daughter dances and all kinds of stuff. So music was in my soul listen to, you know, R and B and, and mm. just, just all kinds of music. Um, my father exposed me to that, my mom too, but, um, church was always a place where you were mm. very stoic. You didn't express. And, mm. uh, you know, that was just sort of natural for me. And then I went away to college and came to a saving faith in college and came back home, not knowing really where to go to church mm-hmm. and ended up going to Willow and non-denominational church. And I began to learn what, what worship was in a different context. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being in a 20 something ministry that, that they had and watching um, some of the musicians and artists on stage and literally for the very first time felt a nudge from the Lord. And and it was like, you need to do this. Like, this is mm-hmm. what I've gifted you to do. And it was just this nudge. And so I ended up auditioning and started to, to, to meet people who have really spent their lifetime. Uh, one, one individual in particular, Joe Hornas, who's just, who's my mentor, mm-hmm. um, my worship mentor, who's, who's just a lovely man, wonderful person, humble as all can be. And he taught me so much about integrity and worship. He mm. taught me so much about what it meant to worship, what mm. it meant to actually usher others into the presence of the Lord. Mm. And so, you know, that was my foundation. Um, and I've always, you know, been a person who's revered the Lord and who's, you know, loved God, but I didn't, I wasn't always a worshiper, you know, mm-hmm. so. So you mentioned who who taught me about that. How mm. much is taught? How much is caught? Mm. Great question. A little bit of both, a lot of both. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the verse that sticks out to me in my mind that is emblazoned in my head and now in my heart is Isaiah 29, 13, which basically says, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it says, you know, they, they worship me with their lips, but they're far from me in mm, their hearts. Mm-hmm. And, That's you know, I, I so related to that. I think, um, I think as a young child, you know, I, I, it was just a rote thing. You know, I would just sing these words and it wasn't really anything I felt. Mm -hmm. And then as I began to understand, you know, okay, as I sit in God's word, as I understand who he is, the character of who he is, it becomes something that is in my heart. And then I'm singing from that place, Mm. which then enriches my worship. Right. And so, Mm. um, you know, Joe Horness was was truly the best example for me as somebody who was humble. It wasn't about the show. It wasn't about, you know, wearing skinny jeans. It was it was really about mm-hmm. like, what is the state of your heart? And mm-hmm. and then go from there. And he was one mm-hmm. of the most powerful and and you know, one one of the most powerful worship leaders I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of anything uh exterior really it was really the condition of his heart mm. and and the humility by which he led 
and then <clears throat> he he uh, he introduced us to some of the greats: Tommy Walker, Darlene Check uh, from from Hillsong. And these people were exposed to us, and and what they had in common, what and Christy Knuckles is somebody who I love mm. from from uh, Watermark and and now through Passion. But these are people that I've admired and watched, and I think what they all have in common is truly a a true deep devotion for the Lord and for His Word, and everything they write and everything they you know what they do is is from that place, and it's not about the show. It's not about singing per se mm-hmm. you know there are wonderful worship leaders that mm-hmm. are, that are out there that i would say arguably don't have the best voices but what makes them so good is that you believe them and you are drawn in and it's not about them mm-hmm. they disappear mm-hmm. you're drawn into what they're saying and wow. singing and you're learning <coughs> more about mm-hmm. god because of just the way that mm-hmm. they usher and mm-hmm. it's it's about their countenance and it's about their you know their preparation and the heart so, so I'm as I'm hearing that, and I'm thinking, wow, this is great. I can't help but help but think like there's like worship in the church has become gigantic in mm. terms of you have many recording artists who are making mm-hmm. great livings coming out of different churches in the U.S. out of the U.S. And it seems to me, from my perspective, there's a a tension, if you will, between the performance, which you kind of speak into a little bit, like what you wear and how you do what you do, versus kind of content or where your heart or as you mentioned where your countenance is at. Mm-hmm. So how how do you how do you reconcile that within yourself? Because on one hand you've been a worship leader and singing worship for years, but now doing this Olivia Newton John thing, <laughs> which is not that and it's and it's probably mostly performance based. Mm-hmm. Is there a line that you personally feel like you shouldn't cross between the two mm-hmm. or not really? Or I'm just curious yeah, what your thoughts great on question. that. Well, before you answer, just as you said that, it seems like there was three things. Okay. There's the actual performance, your mm-hmm. ability. There's the content. That's its own separate mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, what What actually are you performing or singing? Sure. But then there's you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where your heart is The of at. your heart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind and just start from from where I was kind of taught at the very beginning. Um, you know, the Levites back in the Old Testament. You know, they were the ones that carried the ark forward. They were mm-hmm. the ones that that were responsible for bringing the word to the people. Mm-hmm. Right? They held that, and it was a high it was a high responsibility. It's a really high responsibility. And I would say worship leaders today, and anyone that basically stands on an altar or a platform is the modern day 21st century Levite, Mm, you know, if you think about it that way. And so to me, it starts with that. It starts with understanding and owning, Hey, I have a responsibility here that is higher than, you know, it's a high responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so I need to, I need to take that with weight. I need to, I need to uh, hold that with, with, with weight and, um, responsibility. And so if I come to worship on a weekend and I'm there about performance, you know, God knows the difference, right? Mm, I mean, yeah. it, some people may or may not know, you know, if you're in the crowd, if you're performing or if you're actually, you know, um, if you're actually worshiping the mm-hmm. Lord, but it goes back to that Isaiah 29, 13 verse. It says, you know, they worship me mm-hmm. with their lips, but they're far from me from in their hearts. And mm-hmm. so it, it really is, a a personal exercise for anyone that stands on a on a church stage to prepare their hearts. And so one of the things that we used to do as a team is we was, we would do what they call lectio divina and 
they would, um, we would go through the songs. We would go through the worship songs and we might identify with a word or a phrase and we would, we would meditate mm-hmm. on that, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, um, you know, those exercises would help me draw near. It would help me get into a place of, okay, I'm feeling this in my own life, mm-hmm. you know, worthy of all the praise you could mm-hmm. ever bring. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, do I believe that? Mm-hmm. You know, am I, do I believe he is worthy of my praise? Mm-hmm. And and if not, then I better not be saying that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there have been days and I'm going to be super honest with you. Like, you know, Sam had mentioned, you know, there are times that we all go through places, especially, you know, as pastors, as, as worship leaders, where you might have a bad day mm-hmm. outside of, outside of mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. and you got to get up on stage and sing worthy. Yeah. And you just got done yelling at your kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two and minutes ago, <laughs> two minutes ago. And you're going, okay, how do I shift my head? Mm-hmm. And I have to remember. And when I have those moments, one, one of the things I'll do to make sure I keep integral and, and authentic mm-hmm. in my worship is you know, I always had a really good relationship with the leaders, uh, the worship leaders and the leaders of the arts ministry at whatever church I was at. And I would always say, Hey, I had a really hard day today or, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, can you pray for me? Because this is, this mm-hmm. is what I went through yeah, today. That's good. And, mm-hmm. and I just want you to know that because I'm struggling mm-hmm. here. I mean, yep. there have been times where I have had to sing through something with tears streaming down mm. my face because of what my life was just going yeah. through. And it wasn't tears from the song and the connection. No. It was actually something else. Or yeah. it was literally the song was ministering to mm. me wow. as I'm singing it. Right. Yeah. Like the very words are ministering to my soul. Yeah. And so these are, it, it's the, it's the authenticity. And I think, you know, whether you are in a performance or you're at church, I think one thing that people can tell is, is this authentic or is it not? Right. Yeah. And I think that comes from being in a place that's rooted in the word. And, you know, again, I mean, nobody's going to, nobody's there saying, "Mm, you know, here, here's the authentic meter, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately you're the ultimate deciders. Do I stand on that stage or don't I, you know, it's it's difficult for me because I'm an optics person. Like, and I mean, we all have eyes and if we can see, we oh, all see fair. things, yeah. but things, my things that come more to my attention through my eyes than my ears, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm at a, you know, if I'm at a Christian concert, I feel like there's almost, I have an expectation that people are going to be performing, not just singing gospel related songs, but there's a performance to go along mm-hmm. with that. But then when I'm at church, I kind of feel like, in my mind, like there's a difference between that. And when it seems so choreographed when I'm in church, when everybody's doing the, I call it the Christian hop, you know, they got this same little (laughs) hop that everybody does and all the big time groups having this, like it it does, it's, you know, for me, it seems inauthentic and Mm -hmm. then I'm wrestling. And even, even at, even at church now, like when certain people sing and, and they got these hand motions and I'm just like, you know, it, right. I'm a person I don't like fake. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. like, I want to just like turn my back mm-hmm. and just let my mind meditate on the words because the songs are great, but the things that I see are distracting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, you know, it's interesting because what can also be distracting is somebody who's not moving, somebody who's totally standing sure, straight. Sure, sure. Because, you know, again, I go back to my, my roots, right? Where I didn't move, I didn't emote at all. 
that was worship. And yet here I was in my family room dancing around mm. like a crazy person with my dad to Gladys <laughs> Knight and the Pips, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, wait a second, you know, hang on a minute. I, I gotta, yeah. I, I, there's, there's a, there's a place that's sort of center and you know, I'm not here to say, Hey, you know, I'm, we're, it's not about legalism here of, Hey, this is how much you can move or this is how much you can't. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, it's, again, it goes back to the heart. It goes back to the, the true place where God knows, you know, is this authentic? Is it real? And I think as a worship leader, we, we own that responsibility and we need to ask ourselves that question every time we step on stage. And I think Mm if, if, you know, scripture says, you know, David danced around, you know, praising the Lord and, and, you know, he was using tambourines and, and so who am I to judge? You know, who are we to judge? Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, asking yourself every time you walk on that stage, bringing the authenticity and the integrity and the responsibility of what I own today, that's my job. Mm-hmm. And, and it's my job to help usher people in to the presence of the Lord. And so spending time in the word, spending time in the lyrics of what I'm singing you know, relating to them, helping mm-hmm. emote that. I mean, you know, Joe Horn has talked about watching Darlene check from, from Hillsong United and how she would stand literally on the edge of the stage on the edge of the stage. And she would lean over and she would basically be pulling people from like visually in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you just, you had no other response, but to want to stand up and join mm-hmm. in and what she's doing. And, you know, at the time she moved a- around a lot more than I ever did. You know, and yet I learned from her going, okay, that's out of a real expression of passion and love for the Lord that she has, that she's trying to draw people into the presence of the Lord. And, you know, you can go to a powerful, you know, classic service and have it really be powerful. Why? Because I think it's rooted in authenticity and it's rooted in, sure. you know what I mean? There, yeah, there's, oh, there's absolutely. A, yeah, absolutely. I sure. just, for me, yeah. you know, I think when I think about church and I think about culture, and how much it seems like worldly culture is being integrated into the church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the two glaring parts is the worship and the preaching, mm-hmm. right? And it's the how you're doing it and even comes down to what you're wearing, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, look, we're all sinners. And there's definitely, like, the flesh is real. yeah. And to subdue it, to fight against it, and to be trying to kill it is an everyday battle for me. And the last thing I want to do is go to church where I want to be safe and where I want to feel like I want to, not that I can't experience the presence of the Lord out of the church because I can, but I'm going corporately with my other brothers and sisters wanting to experience this together as our family. And the devil is going to move, mm-hmm. you know, and the flesh is going to move. And it's like the last thing I need is people in the church, like assisting that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and yeah. it's just, it's, it's difficult for me. Like, you know, a couple of churches I went to before, like the worship leaders, like the stuff they have on is like, you know, it's like, I don't necessarily have problems now, but I had priors mm. and it's like, I don't want that stuff to be coming back in my mind again. And now it's like, I gotta, just, I gotta leave the room, Yeah, you know? And it's, it, 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 it hurts my heart because one, I'm that broken, mm. you know, and yeah. I make myself vulnerable stepping into a space where I'm not thinking I have to be guarding my heart against that. Mm-hmm. And it seems that there is little consideration for the congregation and these very real sins and issues that people have. Rory Noland was a leader um, that I was under, and he wrote a book called Heart of the Artist. And he goes around and he still talks about about this book. And um, he basically uses examples of, of various 
artist artist challenges that he had over the years of being in church ministry. And, you know, I think artists in particular, you know, we, we are a, a quirky bunch. Yeah, you know, and expressive. And yeah, we're you know, expressive. Which is, yeah, and, which is know, cool. But we're also super insecure. And, you know, there's mm. a lot of those things too. Mm. And ultimately, again, you know, it just comes back to the heart and thus the name Heart of the Artist. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would challenge anybody who's listening to this, who's either thinking about going into worship ministry or is currently in worship ministry, if you're challenged by, you know, the state of your heart, I would really challenge you to read that book um, because it, it really gets at, you know, why why are we doing what we're doing and really stopping and thinking about it and asking yourself, okay, you know, how does this honor God? You know, mm-hmm. how does this come back to honoring the Lord? Mm-hmm. And, you know, expressive or not expressive, you know, contemporary worship or not, I mean, it, it applies, right? Because yeah, our heart is our yeah. heart. And I think if you add, if you look at every facet of what you're doing <clears throat> and ask that question, that's a great place to start yep. because it's not just, am I authentic? It's not just, am I singing good? It's what am I wearing? How am I acting? Yes. Like all those things play a part together. And I think we need to look at it as mm. we want to honor the Lord in all these areas. Yeah. God, God Our job. In, yeah. Sorry, God is in charge of beauty. Like God made things yeah. beautiful and attractive and. And our job as worship leaders is to be less distracting, like to not mm, be a distraction, yep. right? So asking yourself, is there anything on me or about me mm. that is a distraction to your Amen. point? Yeah. You know, whether it's not moving and not moving or moving too much or what I'm wearing or, mm-hmm. hey, you know, uh, yeah, you might want to change your shirt because it's a little too short, you know, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So those are exa- those are very honest and real things that I love that you're talking about, Lewis, because, yeah, I mean, those are all things that, through the years of being a worship leader or, you know, leading others, leading a team, I've had to have those conversations. Yeah. I've had to have these kinds of discussions with people mm-hmm. and it's hard. It's awkward. Like, hey, could you change those pants? They're yeah. a little too tight. Yeah. And, and as a, and as a <laughs> yeah. worship leader or just someone on the worship team, yeah. the congregation oftentimes looks to everyone on stage yep. um, to being a leader yep. and following them and, and, and them setting the standard yes. on what, how I conduct myself with how I act, how I sing and what I wear. Back to and the so, Levites, right? Yeah, if, if I see yeah. you like this, then it must be okay for me to be like this. Yeah. And then it's like almost like a wildfire that can spread. It's I, that responsibility. It's that Levite responsibility. And I, and so, so with your experience at different churches, and I don't know how many, but I'm sure there's been at least a handful. Mm-hmm. Like how much do you recall this type of thing being a point of emphasis to where like the team is rallied together and they saying, Hey, here, here is how we want to honor the Lord with what we, what we say and what we do and mm-hmm. how we act and what we wear every mm-hmm. facet to make sure that we're always being mindful of that. Yeah, is that always. something you've been all, always? So every church, you've I have always, those discussions always, always, at least at, at my church I do. Well, and I'm I mean, not afraid to approach it because I think some leaders, you know, you don't want to offend or, Hey, you know, this is a little bit of an awkward conversation. So I'm just going to avoid it right now. No, it's, it's so important, right? It's so important because, you know, we have a responsibility to lead a congregation. And I think your point is well taken. It's like, you know, there are people out there that get distracted by the, you know, the shiny things. And so not that you can't wear bling on stage, but like if it's distracting or if my movements are distracting or if the way I'm singing is distracting or, you know, it's, it, 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 it's asking those questions because back to the original point, you know, our job is, is to, you know, modern day Levite, right? It's like to usher people into the presence of the Lord. 
And so if I'm distracting them from that, then I need to stop and evaluate it. I really like what you said earlier about being real with your team as you begin. If you've had Mm. a rough morning or a rough week or have fallen into sin or are having struggles. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the heart of bumper sticker faith for Mm. me. Amen. Uh, Because I struggled doing that when I was a pastor, Mm. I would come show up and go from one kind of Sam or moment to a very different Mm -hmm. kind of Sam or or Mm -hmm. moment, putting on that persona because I thought that's what I needed to do. And I thought uh, being the certain Christian pastor persona is the only way that would work. Yeah. Rather than realizing, no, you have this stuff that you're carrying with you, this baggage that you need to communicate Mm -hmm. and, and, Really, the only way to do it, the only way that works is to communicate it, like you said, right beforehand or or to somebody. And Mm -hmm. like, it's not like you can do anything about it. It's just there. But the very best thing you can do is to be real, is to get it out there, to gather people to pray for you, to help you, to get their wisdom and advice Mm -hmm. as well, and to to see as a body how you can go forward with this thing. You know, I think... um well, first of all, I was just going to say to that point, Sam, I mean, you know, the blood of Christ has, has covered all of these things, right? Amen. And so, you know, we are human, whether we're Christian or not, we are human and we have bad days and we have days that we regret or days mm-hmm. that we, and, you know, um, I'll, I'll just give an example. I mean, there was a time that, uh, you know, my marriage uh, was going through a very rocky time and, uh, we were fighting a lot. My husband and I were fighting a lot. And, um, I, I was in regular conversation with our executive producer, who was also the leader of our, of our worship team. And, you know, I would sit with her and I would tell her, look, I'm supposed to lead this song today. And, you know, it's so hard for me because of what I just experienced this past week Mm. or, you know, and so I would tell her about it and I would just sit down and I'd be like, these are the challenges and I don't know how to get around it. And yet I have to come up and sing this happy song mm. or this song that's, you know, uh, how good and pleasant it is. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and yeah. I'm feeling not that I'm feeling the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So how do I go up on stage? How do I go do that and be authentic? And it, to me, it was the authentic authenticity was had in that conversation, Mm -hmm. right? It was had in those moments where I'm wrestling with my life. I'm wrestling with the realities of struggle and faith and being a leader versus let's just pretend everything's okay to Lewis's point. Fake it to make it. Let's fake Mm -hmm. it to make it. And let's go put this facade out there, Mm -hmm. which I think smells, people can smell that from Mm -hmm. a mile away. And to me, it's they like they will no. one day if they don't. Yeah, the right, yeah. exactly. Because yep. then it leads to other things, yep. right? Or it could lead to other yep. things. Or hey, you know, I'm tempted here or there, yeah. and so no, it, it's it's being it's it's just it's having those regular maybe accountability relationships mm-hmm. and 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 rapport with somebody that you can go and and be real with. Well, before before our break, I just want to say, you know, there's been more than a handful of times I had to get behind a pulpit and preach having just not being very Mm Christ-like just minutes before. And I can identify with what you're saying 
somewhat, but on a in a kind of in a different way because it was at a different church. It, they weren't really at my church, so mm-hmm. there really wasn't a team or really anybody I knew other than the guy that brought me there, maybe the lead pastor. I just confessed before the congregation mm-hmm. and said, "Look, like this, like I didn't go into detail what happened, but just saying, man, I, I've wow. sinned, yeah, and I need to let you know." Mm. And I need to repent and I need to ask God for forgiveness right mm. now, wow. right I, now. And with tears in my eyes mm. and being choked up and handle God's word. And I tell you, the, the handful of times that's happened, you want when you speak, you want people to think it was good. I have so many people come to me and say thank you for being authentic. thought because it's easy to say how much culture has influenced worship music in the church that's like a a bandwagon that leaders and podcasters easily get off onto Mm -hmm. what about the opposite people what about the effect that worship music has had on our culture and Mm. has had on secular music today Mm. hmm I mean, when you look back in the day, you mentioned R&B and Motown, like so many of those artists start off in the church. That's right. You know, Aretha Aretha Franklin, like all the people. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The desire to be real and authentic, that came from the Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That didn't come from paganism. Amen. (laughs) Because in paganism, you, uh, it's, it's, it's evolution. It's survival of the fittest. It's conquer. Mm -hmm. It's don't show any weakness. Don't show any weakness. It's not sacrifice. It's not weakness. It's not integrity. Mm -hmm. How about when you, I I had a a friend go to uh, the Taylor Swift concert and actually it was my, my friend's daughter went and the daughter reported back about the Taylor Swift concert she said, it was the most out-of-this-world experience I've ever had. Mm. It was transcendent. Mm. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> that came from the church. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that desire for secular mm. artists to create an experience where people walk away with a sense of awe so and you transcendence. In, so are you implying that these artists are stealing Absolutely. God's gift to them away mm. from the church and giving it to the world? Absolutely. Wow. That's deep. Absolutely. They're... they're not that they're consciously doing it, but but th- we recognize that, I guess, within our being and in our hearts, uh, we have these longings, these God-shaped holes for mm-hmm. transcendence and awe. And in some cases, we reach for something else. You know, we reach for a Taylor Swift experience or whatever. Yeah. But it, it works the opposite way, mm. too, wow. is what I'm thinking. I'd like to speak to that, but let me let me yeah. step back a minute. So I was just going to say, you know, I think I think the word worship... If you actually think about the word worship, it really just means loving something. Um, you know, it, it's an expression. It's a, it's a, it's a full devotion to something, right? Mm-hmm. So showing its worth, it's so, worthship, right, right. And so, you know, you watch a young couple in love, and you know, you you can understand what worship is. Or, 
uh, anything that you love, think about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So Taylor Swift, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, you know, there's young girls, right. Or, or young people or not young people. Mm -hmm. I love Taylor Swift, but you know, it's (laughs) like, you know, uh, you ever wonder, you know, why is it that, you know, you go to a football game and people are cheering and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're yelling and it's like, you know, go, go Cubs, go Cubs, you know? And and it's like, you know, why don't we do that in church? It's like, Mm -hmm. why can't we have that same Mm -hmm. passion? And, you know, and so I guess the question to me comes back to how much do we, how much do we love the Lord? How much Mm -hmm. do we love him? Because the, the love and the compassion and the, and the, the, the passion we show through our worship Mm. is a, is a result of the love we have for him. And uh, a friend of mine, um, Use the example, and in fact, it was interesting because I took my daughter over spring break. Uh, we stayed local, and I took her to the art museum, the mm. downtown art museum. And I, I love art, so does she. We walk through all these different halls, and you know, you're going through post impressionism and Monet and Renoir, and then you come to like the classic, the old, mm-hmm. old pre Renaissance art, art mm-hmm. oil paintings. And what is it? What's the focus? It's Christ. all. It's all religious space. It's Mm -hmm. all Christ. It's, it's the, uh, Piata. It's the, you know, Mary holding Jesus. It's these beautiful paintings from the church and expressions of love and Mm -hmm. about, about who Christ is. And there's an artist, um, named Gustave Dory. He was a French painter and he was, um, he was teaching a a younger painter, you know, uh, his, his craft and the, and this is a true story. And the younger painter came to Gustave and said, what do you think about my painting of Jesus? And he said, and I, I wrote this down. He said, um, if you loved him more, you'd paint him better. Mm. Mm. Wow. And, and I think that mm. we are, mm. we are painters. Mm-hmm. We are painters, whether it be through song or worship or preaching. If we loved him more, we'd paint him better. Mm. We'd sing better. We'd, we express from from our inner being, our hearts are are soft, you know, and we're studying, we're we're in his word and you know, yeah, we're we're mm-hmm. not gonna always mm-hmm. kill it and knock it out of the park. Some mm-hmm. days we come and we didn't spend time in the word and and or we yelled at our kid and we show up at but, you know, if we love him better, mm-hmm. we're gonna paint him better. And and, you know, to your point, it's like worship. What is worship? You know, I think it's just these are just examples of what people love when mm-hmm. we go to these concerts or we go mm. to these things, it's people love this. So mm. let's just translate that to mm-hmm. how do we do that in the church? Mm-hmm. How do we help people heighten their level of love for the, for Christ? Wow. That's great. I mean, that's <laughs> both of those are great points. I'm like, my mind is spinning and I've never, <laughs> like what you said, Sam, like, it's like, I've never even seen that coming. I was like a sucker punch, <clears throat> but it's real. It's like, they're stealing this gift yeah. away from the church yeah. in a sense. I heard a story. Did I tell this on here? I don't think that's I did. all right. But I heard a story about a uh, an atheist who went to um, I, some Middle Eastern country. I think maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Maybe it's some Eastern country. I don't know. But he went to some foreign place. He's an atheist. He thought, and he saw <laughs> a bunch of kids playing baseball with kittens as balls. Whoa! Oh my gosh! You know, thinking nothing of it. And he walked away from there and he said, wow, I guess I'm not an atheist. Mm. Now, his point was, his point was, his Christian Western culture has influenced him so much to the point where you don't do that with defenseless creatures. Yeah, That comes from the Bible. 
that comes from God's word. Mm. Mm. That's that doesn't come from anywhere else. So in this foreign culture that where they didn't have the influence of Bible and of Christianity constantly over them, mm. you might as well just pick up a kitten and play baseball with it. It doesn't matter. Mm. Wow. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so like yeah, yeah. when I think about, um, you know, how much mm. the secular culture influenced the church, but how much has the church influenced our secular music? Mm-hmm. Mm. I bet it's a ton. Yeah, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Like I said, themes of authenticity, being real, having love, uh, sacrifice, sticking up for uh, mm-hmm. the the downtrodden and so forth. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. a ton of influence. Yeah. yeah. So th- to me, that's a that's a battle cry for. Yeah, I mean, think about worship leaders think about to the, keep doing it. Yeah, think about the Taylor Swifts, the Whitney Houston's, the Aretha Franklin's. If they would have just strictly stuck to being in the church using that gift how many lives could have been because think how many lives they touched out of the church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're talking billions between those three mm-hmm. maybe even trillions of lives they oh, touched yeah. think about how you could touch them in the church with using that gift singing to the lord and, and ushering in other people and them people like giving their lives devoting their lives to christ mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think and i think god can use both avenues i really do i mean i see mm-hmm. whitney houston and you know i'm not saying that she made great, great choices, but, you know, she was very open about her faith and, you know, uh, saw an interview with her and Whitney and, uh, Oprah one day and, you know, she just said, I love the Lord. Yeah, I that, love the Lord. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's something that like Beyonce does too, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so yeah. that's, that's a sticking point for me. It's like, yeah. you, you say this in interviews, but look at the fruit. Yeah. It goes the back fruit to the don't yeah. match what your mouth says. It's very and true. It goes back to what you say. You worship me with your lips, but your yeah. heart is far from right. me. Isaiah 29. To continue yeah. to be the contrarian, I'm taking your role. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Today, Lewis. Be contrarian, yeah. It's. I said this earlier about mm. beauty. Mm. Like God made beauty, like mm-hmm. symmetry and, <clears throat> and beauty, like truth, beauty, and goodness. Those are the classic three things that, that go together. And, and there's a, a real sense when I look at something beautiful, whether it's the Grand Canyon or mm-hmm. whether it's the, you know, quote unquote beauty of the way someone sings. Mm -hmm. I can't walk away from that if I have my head on my shoulders and think this is random. Right. There has to be a God Mm -hmm. to create and design something like this. So I could even look at a Taylor Swift or whoever and think this isn't. Now, maybe they're using their gift in the wrong way, but it's still to me proof that there's got to be a a God. Yeah. uh, and I, I still believe, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I'm going around singing, you know, uh, on one end, you know, Olivia Newton-John songs, but you know, there, there are some songs that I sing that I know are healing nonetheless, and it's a gift to people. And so I look at myself as a conduit, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of how I look at myself as I'm a, I'm a conduit. And so as I, in the, the most important role I serve is in the church, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm still a conduit. Right. Yeah, well, I, I would see someone like you somewhat different because if you were an actuary or if you were a, a person selling insurance, like you could be a Christian while you're doing that job. Yeah. And while you're singing maybe some secular songs, as you encounter people, you're encountering them from a Christ likeness oh, and, and them um, having Christ exude from you to them. Mm-hmm. That's a difference. 
Absolutely. Between saying I love God and I'm over here doing the rump shaker and yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying that, that's yeah. a big difference yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, and that's not going to hold weight for me if I love you as a singer and I hear you say, man, I love the Lord and I, I get to meet you and talk to you or I get to watch a video and I'm like, whoa, like, yeah. is this what loving yeah. the Lord looks like? Right. They're right. not going to get that from, from, right. from Annie. No. Right. But they're going to get yeah. that from these other people. I mean, people, people so, know. So that's yeah. a difference right there. Yeah. yeah. I pray over my band and yeah. mm-hmm. I pray with them every time I hop on stage and I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't apologize for it. And I'm honoring the Lord, whether I'm singing yeah. secular or, or worship music. So you, you mentioned church. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's shift and talk about church and kind of help people with their worship in church mm-hmm. coming through the, uh, pandemic times and not being able to mm. some people not being able to go to church or choosing not to go to church or <laughs> church allowing the government to shut them down <laughs> oh i'm getting off johnny on, mac go johnny uh, mac go I'm johnny off mac on some stuff now <laughs> the government determining how the church w- worships um <laughs> separation of church and state anyways but if we talk about if we talk about church what why is it important for people to go to church? It's mm, a good question. To worship. Well, when they don't feel like it, when there's a pandemic or when mm-hmm. there's a crisis in their lives. Or when or it's convenient to just stay home in your jammies and just yeah. watch it there. Why is it essential or important? Because I think it is. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Christ commanded it. I mean, he, you know, the very first church, Acts, Acts 2.42, you know, and they gathered together and they, you know, shared and they helped with one another's needs and uh, they broke bread together. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a model that started from the very beginning. And if Christ ordained that to be the case, then we should live that out Mm, as the, as the modern day church. And so, you know, let's, let's just, let's just bring it to, to front and center. So, you know, let's, let's use the example I used earlier, right? Who would I go to if I'm by myself and I'm, you know, without community and I might be struggling with something, but Mm. I have to lead and I have nobody to really go to. Or if I'm struggling at home uh, with depression and I have nobody to uh, work through that with, Mm. you know? And so there's, um, you know, Christ wants us to be together as a body Mm -hmm. and we operate as a body. And so, uh, you know, church I'm at now. I and mean, we talk a lot about that. I mean, we're seeing the numbers go back up, but people, you know, aren't quite back yet from COVID and COVID, the convenience of it. Well, I don't think that's, you know, I get it every now and then, you know, you might not be feeling well. And now we we're used to zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. We, we hop on and we watch it on, on YouTube or live stream or whatever it is. And, and uh, you know, that's great every now and then mm-hmm. I get it. And, and in some ways people have come to faith out of that, but it's not the long-term solution. Yeah, I've, and I've talked to so many people who don't go to church, and they have all these super positive reasons of why it's so much better to stay at home. Mm. And it's like, don't get me started. <laughs> I, I won't, no, I won't. go, go. But, but I'm just saying, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I get it. These things do sound positive, but they don't trump the one command. Right. Of the Bible. Right, right. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. You right. know, gather together. Yeah. Be there to bear one of those burdens. You're going to need somebody to bear yours, and you need to be there to bear Absolutely. somebody else's. How can you do any kind of community together? If right. God is relational, if we're all the body, right, mm-hmm. each church is one body, but but I can look at all these other different churches. You can do that anytime. Right. 
Right. Get your butt up and get on. <laughs> Man, we're, we're, not, we're not a brain in a vase or a jar. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're we're physical yes. people. We have bodies. Yeah. We smell things and we smell. People want we convenience. Things. People want convenience, man. And I'm I'm look, I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I want convenience and I want comfort. Yeah. And that's the that's the fight every day is to live uncomfortable, which will make you make it inconvenient, right? To be living an uncomfortable life is inconvenient because if I see a guy over here struggling mm-hmm. and I can help, that's getting out of my comfort zone and it's taking time away from something else I want to do. Instead of giving mm-hmm. that guy some of my mm-hmm. time and helping him. Mm-hmm. But when you focus on the convenience and comfort, then you lo- lose the third C, which is character. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can't grow as a person because right. yeah. you need those obstacles. Well, mm-hmm. they got all these cool books out here that's online that I can read, Sam. I can get as much truth from those as I, I can read. Yeah. I can read my Bible at home and listen to John Piper or John <laughs> MacArthur or Colin Smith yeah. right at home and get so much more rich and you, teaching. And then you can become a brain in a jar. <laughs> and you can become disintegrous. Uh, you can, I can become jump around and you can sing. become bumper stickers. BS is what you can become. <laughs> yeah. God's not just worried about just the knowledge that we have in our heads. It's yeah. our whole life being conformed. Right. Body, soul, and spirit. He made us. You know, I didn't grow whole. up in the era where I know it existed here in America <laughs> where a person's life revolved around the church. Well, right. and it's the becoming it's yeah. becoming more and more uh, of a of a unique thing. Rather, than, I mean, it's it's families are less and less uh, committed. Yeah, I know? mean, church is just like a thing to do now. Whereas before, it, I heard people, you know, older people talk about how they had Monday night prayer meeting, mm-hmm. Tuesday yeah. night this, Wednesday night Bible study, mm-hmm. Thursday night women's meeting, Friday mm-hmm. night right. men's meeting. It's like God seven, and I was like, whoa, but. But their whole life was about the church, was about yeah. Christ. And in some ways, like I'm not saying I want to do that today, but in some ways I feel like those people had to have some sort of connection that I feel like I don't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what would that look like? You know, a uh, friend of mine, Nancy Beach, um, used to, she wrote a book called An Hour on Sunday. Mm. And uh, I, I worked on it with her. And, you know, basically it was about how the church today is competing with all the other, you know, mm. ancillary pulls on our life, yeah. right? So, uh, sports, right? As a mom, mm-hmm. I've got two kids who are athletes. I mean, literally, I can't tell you how many how many tournaments, mm-hmm. how many swimming meets or whatever that are on Sundays that compete and mm-hmm. vie for our time now. And, you know, even society isn't necessarily recognizing that Sundays are sacred to, to some people, at least. And so we're competing with Sunday night football or Monday, you know what I mean? All these things that, that draw our time and pull us away. And so in some ways it it's game on church. Like we have to, we have to, in some ways compete with that. Mm-hmm. And that's what this book is about to say, Hey, you know, how do we remain relevant as the church? How do we remain relevant enough to pull people in? Because we're vying for that spot mm-hmm. and that time. And so all the more reason why we have to bring our a game we have to be prepared. We have to be heart ready. We have to have our sermons on point. We have to be these things because people will just walk away. Yeah, and it's it's it's, hard. it's a wrestling match for me internally because on one hand it's like I think the tra- strategy that some churches have used is well if the sports is competing on Sunday then we'll have Saturday church. Mm. We'll have Monday church. And it's like what? But on the other hand it's like you gotta do. Do you not have to meet people where they are? 
It comes back and, to what you and, worship. And, yeah. Exactly right. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, like, what do we love? It's crazy, man. It is yeah. crazy. So it's standing up for our faith. When and... does the church stand up for Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's his bride. Right. We're like a run runaway bride from Christ trying to compete with the culture and like change everything so we can meet everybody's need. Right. And, you know, as a parent who grew up in that sort of crazy with our, my kids and, and sports, I mean, even now I'm having conversations with some of my parents, some parent friends of mine who we now see, we look back and we say, man, like we should have stood up more. We should have, mm. we should have just said no. Like that's yeah. crazy. Yep. You know, yeah. anyway. I'm thinking of those, uh, medieval villages not villages but cities <laughs> where um you have the big church cathedral built there mm-hmm. and everybody has to give money towards it mm-hmm. and, and you're like you're forced to and it's like and we look back and we think oh that how terrible that is they forced all the poor people to give the best <laughs> of their money to the building of this church but the contrarian in me says, but you know, that made a point and made a point that God is important mm-hmm. and, and he's worth and worthy of your sacrifice to do but, this. But you can't make somebody make God worth something. That's a decision. No, you no, make. not I'm just at saying all. in that example, you know, you're making me give. So you're making me make God important to me. I could care less, but you're yeah. making me do it. But I guess as an analogy, it, it shows and demonstrates that this is an important thing. Yeah, yeah. when you like freely it, give. Yeah, and, but yes, yes, I think we're we're saying maybe slightly two different things. Mm. Uh, so, like, if I um, let's say I went out and I bought, I'm looking at our studio and I see my old skateboard there, and and let's say I bought this vintage skateboard for mm. five thousand dollars. Mm. Tony Hawk special. That's right. Maybe it came with Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he rolled it in his first competition. And wh- what would you think about me? You would think, wow, skateboarding is really important to mm-hmm. Sam. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself, like if you, Lewis Winton, did something like that, I would, I would check into that. Like, why is it such a big deal to you that you would sacrifice yeah, so much? Yeah. Well, you're describing worship, right? You're describing what we just said earlier yeah. is what do people love? And mm-hmm. You know, interesting. I mean, that there, there's, there's that the story in the Bible where Christ called out the Pharisees, right, because they were going into the town square and openly giving money to be seen, right? Openly mm-hmm. giving a lot of money to be seen, and so that they were honored and and given the public glory. But then he also saw the woman, the widow, who gave two pennies, and he said that is a greater act mm-hmm. of worship. So it's again, I mean, it bring it, we, we can bring that back to say, okay, you know, yes, I, I love your, your idea. Like I instantly go to this, this cathedral in the middle of nowhere in Germany that I was at many years ago. And, and, you know, it's just like this cool old worship, you know, mm-hmm. old building where, where people would, would worship at. But, but the point is, is, you know, uh, Christ is asking us for authentic worship, authentic, you know, focusing on him bringing it back to him and we can screw it up all the time. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, the Pharisees screwed it up. They were doing the right thing. They were going through the motions, mm-hmm. but even that was wrong. We screw it up all the time. How can we um, fight the <laughs> screw ups and fight the distractions at church? So speak to the average congregation member going to church. We're facing all the distractions. 
what I've what I've learned from you, and I'm what, what I hope people um, can see as well is that uh, even as a leader, you're fighting distractions yourself, of right? Of course. So, yeah. uh, how can the average person fight distractions on a on a Sunday morning? Yeah, I mean, I think it it honestly comes back to. I mean, I think it's asking the question: What do I worship? What, what am I mm-hmm. worshiping today? You know, cause I think it's a constant question. It's not like something that just you answer it and then you're done and you move on. Right. Like it's, it's a daily mm-hmm. exercise of what am I worshiping today? You know? Yeah. And, <clears throat> and then coming to, to that. And I think on Sundays in particular or whatever day you choose to worship, right. Um, is, is to say, okay, you know, it's important for me to have my heart ready, centered, focused, and I want to, I want to make the widow, the widow's might. I want, I want to do that kind of worship. I want to give whatever I can authentically to Christ and not be about show, mm-hmm. not be about, Hey, everybody look at me. I'm doing a good job. Look at me. I'm a great Christian over here. You know, no, it's, it's what I do in private. It's readying my heart. I think it's the daily. I think it's the daily, you know, Joe Hornas used to say, if you can, if you can read two Psalms a day, just to, just to soften your heart. It's not about the the legalism of doing something right or wrong, right? Like these are things we're talking about, they're practices, but ultimately it comes to the down to the heart. So how do you soften your heart towards Christ? Well, mm. it's being in his word, right? Like the very beginning we talked about Psalm 139. And it's it's okay, can I study his word and can I glean something from that so that my heart is softened <clears throat> today towards him? I know for me being a congregant, I've moved somewhere else where whatever is distracting me, I, I mm. can minimize the distraction. Oh, <clears> like <throat> within the, wherever you're sitting yeah, or standing. Yeah, go sit somewhere different. Yeah. yeah. And if, you know, there's a wrestle with me and even that, because I feel like I can't be the only one. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I go say something, like that may solve the problem for everyone, for the yeah. unknowns. But then it's like, okay, now I'm this legalistic bad guy and I got a problem mm-hmm. with this. You know, mm-hmm. like it can be turned into something that's really not and not be taken well. So I just chose to take the easy way out. And I just fix me. I close my eyes. <clears throat> That's good. A lot yeah. of the time I just close my eyes. But what about the person when that has a problem with, man, why are they doing like four songs in the beginning and two songs at the end? Like, that's too many songs. Do you leave or come come in late? <laughs> you come in the beginning of the third. I'm saying I know people yeah. that do this. Yeah. Maybe they need to find another church. Yeah, maybe that's. I don't know. Well, something I do want to ask that you may or may not know about Sam, but I just want a quick blurb. You had a a famous nephew. Do you know? (laughs) I did. Jack? Are you talking about Jack? I don't know him personally. Jack Ayala, who was on like what show was he on? He was on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> what, what's, what's going on? Because there may be I some people that listen to Hey, we, we come by it. impersonations, like, honestly, over here. <laughs> no, my nephew. Is he in college now? Like, he, what's he's, he? he's a junior <clears throat> in college. Yeah, my, my nephew, Jack Aiello, um, uh, gave an eighth grade speech uh, many years, you know, five years ago. 2016, right? Yeah. Right before the election. Right, right before pro- the election. 2015, We had all these, yeah. all these candidates, and he learned the voices of these different candidates. And it really was, it was an eight minute uh, speech that you can find on YouTube today. It went viral and it's not political. It's completely apolitical, which is, which is the brilliance of it. Cause whether you're left, right, or somewhere in the middle, you will totally find this funny. And so he impersonated, you know, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and Obama and Trump and all these guys. And, and, um, it went viral and he got asked to be on all kinds of different talk shows and Jimmy Fallon reached out. And so his, his writers 
ended up writing a skit for him, for, for Jack and Jimmy Fallon, where, mm. um, Jimmy Fallon did Trump and then Jack was a mini me of Trump and it was just <laughs> hysterical. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just crazy. I don't so. want to get you in trouble, but can you, what is he studying? Do you know? He decided, well, he actually looked into doing like acting and, okay. and, and maybe, you know, but he's, um, he's doing business. He's going to study okay. business. Okay. And, right. um, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, man, this, you know, I had no idea like what this was going to shape out to be. <laughs> <clears throat> this might be my favorite episode. Awesome. Hey. I'm dead serious. Woo! I'm not just saying that. Like <laughs> if it's not the favorite, it's in the top like three. Awesome. <laughs> For real. Because I love music. Yeah. I feel like I should have been a singer or a musician. Come and on, Louis. Come on no, over. I can't Can we, sing. I wanted to say... Uh, like favorite worship groups or bands right now. Mm. Okay, that well, that each left, of you have. Well, that's gonna be the last word then. Yeah. So, last word. What's your favorite? Anybody, secular, whatever. Oh, you go first. Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. Period. Point blank. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> what about okay. what about worship? Worship. worship. Yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, like, <Listen. laughs> man, that's tough, man. That's tough. Um, I I love. I was listening I to Michael David, yesterday. I love David Crowder. Yeah, <clears throat> I love yeah. um that dude that sings um gratitude. He's Brandon on like Brand. I oh. love Brand. His voice. Mm-hmm. I love like Matthew Westcott. I'm a voice guy. Like mm-hmm. if you can sing, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like yeah. you, man. Mm-hmm. Danny Goki can sing. Yeah, I was in sure. prison uh. watching American Idolwood on him, and like <laughs> six years later. I'm like at a coffee shop with him, coffee roasting place, kicking it with him. He talking about let's go play basketball <laughs> with Danny Goki. Yeah. Oh, of That's course. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, with Danny Goki. Every, every week. I was on the tour bus with Danny Goki every kicking week, it. Every week this guy comes up with a story. I know. Like, He's I, kicking it. I love David Crowder. He's probably like, like David one Crowder. of my number one. <laughs> and, and, like and, and then Lewis, Lewis randomly the other day said, Lewis said, oh, David Crowder's so tall. Oh, he is. Because he was with him, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. But so for me, David Crowder, like all around probably category mm-hmm. for me, I love the instrumentation and just the passion that he has. Rich Mullins. Mm. Rich Mullins may be the number one for me. Mm. And then I just, I hesitate to say this, but... Keith I, Green. No, I just got into Benjamin Hastings. Mm. I don't know awesome. who that is. And like, I can't stop listening to his album. Really? And I say to myself every day, don't listen to it all again today. And I end up being sucked. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Justin Bieber. <laughs> no, no. B- Benjamin Hastings, that's that's the name, I'm going right? to check yes. him out. All right, Annie, you yeah. up last. No, well, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'm older than you guys. So I'll just say Christy Knuckles was, I remember very vividly and talk about like just authentic worship. I mean, literally no show, no nothing. Her and Nathan Knuckles had a rug and candles and it was one of the most powerful worship mm. experiences I ever had. Um, and she, what I love about her is literally just how she preps her heart, um, you know, she talks about the, the, the ministry of the mundane and how she mm. sees the Lord and the mundane things in life. And, and so it's not about the big, you know, sizzly flashy things. It's, it's the day to day cutting vegetables mm. and that kind of stuff, you yeah. know, that she finds the Lord. But so Christy Knuckles is mm. definitely one of my favorites. Um, Christian wise, uh, Torin Wells is another one that oh, I just love Hills nice. and Valleys. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, and nice. then Andrew Rip, who's, who's actually a local guy. He grew up mm. in Palatine. Um, he, I think he either won a Dove Award recently or just got nominated for it, but he's fantastic songwriter, mm. singer, songwriter, local, full of passion, full of heart. Mm. Uh, and secular, come on, I got to go Olivia. I got to go Olivia and John. All right, all right. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Someday, Sam, I'll share with you my um, letter writing to Mariah Carey days. Nice. 
nice. on another podcast from prison. Name from my prison, doc- definitely. That, yeah. I just yeah. real. That's a real story, but yeah. that's for some other time. I know. Awesome. I think she posted about it. Yeah, I doubt it. Well, man, look, Annie. Good seeing you again. You I've been too. knowing you for you know a handful of years. We don't yeah. see each other that often, but blessed to have you on the show, you man. Um, for all you guys listening, like <clears throat> I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Leave us a review. Email us at bummerstickerfaith at gmail.com. Check out our Patreon page. You know, if you want to keep us yeah. um, having great interviews with people like Andy and other people, man, keep us going, man. But thank you so much for today. Have a great day and don't go stepping in no BS. Peace. <laughs>